Welcome to Transformation Church RVA. This sermon is a part of our series called Advent, All Longings Satisfied. In this series, we will be focusing on the hope, joy, peace, and love that only Jesus brings into the world. As we look back on the promise fulfilled in the birth of Jesus the Messiah, may we also look toward the promise of His return. Time for our scripture reading, which is from Luke chapter 2. Now, if you're about my age, the first time you ever heard this story was when Linus recites it at the end of the Charlie Brown Christmas special and finishes off by saying, and that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Luke chapter 2, if you're using the Pew Bible, it's on page 782. And again, if you don't have a Bible at home, please take that with you as our gift Luke chapter 2, verse 8, begins, That night some shepherds were in the fields outside the village, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terribly frightened, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem the city of David. And this is how you will recognize him. You will find a baby lying in a manger wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to all whom God favors. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Bill. Everybody say joy. Look at your neighbor, say joy. And we're in Luke 2. Um, we're in a series called All Longings Satisfied. And what we are trying to get across to you is that every one of your longings for hope, which we talked about last week, for joy, which we're talking about today, for peace, which Corey's going to talk about next week. And, and, and on um, the 19th, we're going to talk about love, that Jesus is satisfying. Look at your neighbor, say satisfying. Uh, last week, we talked about hope. Um, uh, some of you didn't believe me that my middle child was wild. And you came to me after the service and you said, surely a frying pan would never end up on a baby's head. I knew you wouldn't believe me. I knew my wife wouldn't believe me, which is why I took the picture. You see those two little chubby feet over there to the right? They're not mine. No, that's my middle child. And that's Mab with a frying pan on his head. Hope, hope, hope. And what we talked about last week is that we can oftentimes place our hope in leaky vessels. You ever placed your hope in a person and that ran out? Placed your hope in your marriage vows? Hello, hello. 
Anybody's, anybody's marriage ever seem to run dry of hope? Your kids, maybe you placed your hope in your kids, your job, your bank account. I can retire now, right? I've got enough money. You know the average person retires with $200,000? That's the average retirement in the U.S., $200,000 to live on the rest of their lives. Um, you know, that's about 400 bucks a month, depending on how long you live. I mean, that's the key part. That wasn't a joke, but <laughs> somebody thought that was funny. <laughs> oh, man. Can I tell you that um, hope shouldn't be based in probability, right? We don't hope on probabilities, Can you put your hope in the stock market? No, you cannot. Probabilities don't pay. Promises pay, but only promises that are kept. So the key to hoping in promises is that the promise maker is good for it. And what we found last week is that Jesus Christ is a promise keeper. Oh, yes. And so we can place our hope in his promises, hope has to be anchored in Christ because he keeps them. Um, and so this week, we want to talk about joy. Um, every Christmas movie that you watch, how many of you watch the Hallmark Christmas movies? Okay, yeah, it's fine. It's fine, you can watch them. Uh, you can watch them. Um, Every Christmas movie, cartoon Christmas movies. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Let's find out. Wonderful Life. Life. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? I tried to turn that on last night. My wife hates it. She hates What's a Wonderful Life. She doesn't understand why I like it. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Anybody else? Favorite Christmas movies? Elf. That's good. Buddy Elf. What's your favorite color? Right? I can, look, I can quote them all, okay, because I love Christmas. I love the, the, the whole season is something I love, um, but in every Christmas movie, you know what there is? There's always a grumpy person, right? There's always somebody who's down on their luck. Somebody's down in the dumps, right? And, and the whole point of the movie is that joy comes in, right, and lifts them from the muck and the mire, And really what culture is pointing to in these Christmas movies is something that only Christ can fulfill. In that, his joy, his joy invades the darkest spaces. Everywhere there's a grump. I think I have a picture of a grump. Oh! Do you see that coming? She, she is not going to like me when she gets older. If she watches the replay of this, oh, she is going to have me. Look at her. You see that? Look, listen, y'all laugh, but some of you look like that right now. So uh, you own it. Own it. You grumpy bunch. Of... Now. What, did, what, what had you asked? She, you, Kirsten had asked her to say cheese, and that was the response. 
Just a grump. She's not feeling the Christmas spirit. She is just not feeling it. But let me be clear. Joy does not equal happiness. What do you mean? Um, Happiness is solely based on external factors. That's why happiness is fleeting. Um, That's why we can be really happy in a relationship and then when things go south, the happiness is gone. Um, We can be real happy with the church until things get tough and then the happiness with the church is gone. Uh, We can be happy with our bank account because there's lots of money in it and then when it's gone, all of a sudden we're stressed. Happiness is fleeting. Um, I love leftovers. The happiness just continues as the leftovers are in the fridge. And then once they're gone, you open the fridge and it's just hot dogs and milk. <laughs> that may not be what's in your fridge, I guess. Happiness is externally dependent. Joy, hear me, pay attention, don't check out. Joy transcends external factors and is rooted in the fulfilled and yet to be fulfilled promises of God. Joy has, in order for joy to take root and set in your spirit, it has to be rooted in what God has done and what he is going to do. Our joy has to be rooted in God. And his joy can transcend any space. Can I, can I just encourage you for a moment today? If, there's, if you think you are in the darkest hour of your life, It's not too dark for the Lord. It is not too far for him to reach. His joy can get to you. Um, So let's look at the text for today because there's a particular line in this text that I wanted to to look at. Um, And it's, uh, we'll fast forward and then we'll rewind. In verse 10, it says, I bring you good news or good tidings of great joy if you Read the KJV. That's how I memorized it. Many of you may have as well. I bring you good news. The gospel. Good news. Of great. Everybody say it. Joy. 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 That's what I want to look at today. What good news could there be that brings great? Not just normal joy. Not just passing joy, not not good enough joy, but great joy. And verse 8, Brother Bill read that that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks. Um, And we've talked about this before. We've talked about the shepherds. Do you remember when we talked about the shepherds? Have you ever asked yourself the question, why shepherds? Why shepherds? Some of you may think that... um, The angel appeared to the shepherds. God sent this message to the shepherds, maybe because they were the closest. Or or maybe you think that he delivered the greatest news of all time 
to the shepherds because we, we know Jesus declared himself to be the good, what? Shepherd, the good shepherd. Well, maybe that's why he displayed this to the shepherds. But actually, if you look at a first century Jewish perspective, what you would find is that the shepherds are the most unlikely people to deliver this type of news to. Well, why would you say that? Well, shepherds were in a class with two other types of people. Lepers and tax collectors. The the bottom rung, the bottom of society were shepherds. In fact, they were known to be such liars and swindlers and thieves that they couldn't even be, you could never call a shepherd to testify for you in court. Legally, you were not allowed to call a shepherd because they could not be trusted. These were the bottom of the barrel. They were, shepherds were the outcasts. Do you know any outcasts? Have you ever felt like an outcast? Well, if you have, these shepherds would know exactly what that felt like. Shepherds were an unlikely bunch to display this to. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever spent any time in a high school locker room. Um, nothing good goes on there. Uh, I could probably say the same about some church parking lots. That's where it all goes down. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, don't say that one again. Um, you know where the, the bad conversations are going on? You know where, where people are huddled up, up to no good? You would have found a shepherd there. You would have found a shepherd there. And this is who the Lord displayed the gospel to the very first time, through an angel, to the unlikeliest, to the outcast, to the bottom of society, to say what? You think it was an accident? You think they were the only people around? No. The Lord is making a point. He has come to save everyone from every class, every class of person. When I say everyone, I mean there is no one too low for the Lord to save. Trap, uh, commentator, wrote, wrote it this way. God, to show that he respected not a single person, not, not any person, there's no respect of persons, revealed this grand mystery to the shepherds and the wise men. This is who he was revealed to. One poor, the other rich. The one learned, the other unlearned. The one Jew, the other Gentile. The one near and the other far off. The good news of Christ is global. It is global. It is not just for white people or black people or Native American people. It is not just for the rich or those who can tithe. It is not just for those who have enough food in the pantry. It, it is for everyone. Those who are down on their luck. Those who need 
Christ, which is all of us. All of us need Christ. You need Christ today. You are not beyond the cross. No, you need Christ. So why the shepherds? Because there's nothing too far from God. There's nothing too far from God. So we looked at the shepherds. Let's look at verse 9. So this is how it played out. Suddenly an angel appeared among them. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. I can, can I tell you something? Sometimes I think we read scripture and we like mysticize it or make it magical or, or make it fairy tale-ish. Can I just tell you this is actual? This is not just fairy tales, but this actually happened. And so would you just pretend with me to imagine for a second what it would look like for the sky to split open and an angel to come down while you are with your uh, dejected buddies out in a field with a bunch of stinky sheep? Startling, I would say. The radiance of the glory of the Lord surrounded them. They were terrified. They were terrified. This literally reads, if you read it in the Greek, word for word, it says, they fear with great fear. They fear with great fear. This is literally the widest, the greatest, the, the most amount of fear one could have. They had it. Can I tell you the only response to the glory of the Lord should be awe and, and, and terror. There, there's, there's this concept that um, when God enters the room, like he's going to pat me on the back and be honored to be in my midst. No, he loves you. Yes, he does. But God is a big, great, powerful God. The omnipotent one, they were the widest amount of fear. And look, in the very next verse, in verse 10, it said they had great fear and that great fear was met with great joy. This was the news, great joy. So uh, they were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy, the most amount, the widest, the greatest amount of joy possible to all people. This word great joy, this word joy literally means the source of joy. What has come to you is not a temporary thing. It is from which the place from which joy uh, originates and starts and is pulled from joy is Jesus Christ. This is never ending. The Lord never runs short on joy. This is good news. This is good news for all of us, even the grump. You ever known those people? It seems like they have a bottomless pit of grump. Mm-hmm. We love them. We love the grumpy. I have good friends that are grumpy. Laid carpet with a grumpy guy. Love him to death. Joy has no end in Christ. 
Think of, just don't run over it. Don't, don't bypass it. Don't check out. Don't be like, hey, I've heard this sermon before about the joy of the Lord. But then you will leave here and then pretend as if and, and all your emotions and all your actions are going to tell a different story. Don't leave here thinking otherwise. The great joy, widest source, it's, it's undepletable. And then it says all. You know what all means in the Greek? All. Yes, it means all. But even farther, it means all. It means whole. It means every kind of. So who is this great joy for? It is for all people. Every kind of person. There isn't a kind of person that the Lord is looking for. He's looking for all People, his his um, saving work can be accomplished in every kind of person. Oh, and I can tell you, can I just testify for just a moment that I'm so glad he can save this kind of person? He can save you. Oh, he can, his power to save has no kind. It is all kinds. It is every kind. And then he, the angel tells, tells these terrified and now reassured shepherds, the unlikely, the reason that there is good news for great joy for all people. And then he gives three adjectives, three words here, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. This is why there's great joy. This is where we find great joy. Verse 11 tells us, number one, that the reason there's great joy for all people is because who has come is a savior. This rattles against some of your hearts, and I'll tell you why. Because you don't think you need saving. Or that salvation was a one-time experience that happened a long time ago. You are continually being saved. You, salvation is a lifelong being. I am being, I was saved and am being saved. God is at work. And there's an important reason that we don't just need a savior at the point that I went from death to life. I need a savior continually, constantly. He's a savior. This word is savior, deliverer, preserver. His name, Jesus, literally means God saves. There's great joy to all people because God saves. We have a savior. Matthew uh, 1, 21 says this, and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. You have a sin problem. I don't care how many neighbors or friends you compare yourself against. I don't care how many people you think you are better than, and so it earns you a slot in heaven. You have a sin problem that can only be rectified by Jesus Christ dying on a cross and shedding his blood for you. That's how it's rectified. Not in better comparisons. The Lord isn't, you're not going to stand at the pearly gates. 
And the Lord say, oh, well, you know what? Josephus over here was marginally better than his neighbor, Richard. If you're Richard, I'm sorry. I, I, it's nothing meant towards you. Just pick those at random. If you're Richard online today, my apologies. I'm not saying anything about you particularly. If your name's Josephus, see me after service. I've never met one. Some of us miss out on the joy because we don't realize we need a Savior. Desperately, desperately in need of Christ today. All of us, including this guy right here. I am in need of Jesus every day. Every hour I need thee. So number one, Great, new, great joy for all people because he's a savior. Number two, Christos Christ because he's Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. Isaiah 7 and 14 says this. All right, then the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. This is great joy for all people because the Messiah has come. God has kept his promises. What did we talk about earlier? That we can hope because God keeps his promises. Well, you can also have joy today when they're tied up in God fulfilling the things he said he would do. And the text saying that he is Christos, the Christ, the Messiah, is saying to these shepherds, hey, you know that thing you've been hearing about all the time but didn't know if it would ever come true? It's here. It's here. Did you know salvation is today for you? It could, today could be the day of salvation for you. Yeah. These shepherds found out that there's good news to all people because God saves, because God keeps his promises, and also because he is Lord. Everybody say Lord. Kairos. When they were trying to um, get Hebrew words into Greek words, okay? They're trying to turn Hebrew words, the Jewish language, into Greek words, the modern day language at the time. They had to figure out a way to, to get Yahweh into a Greek term. Um, they looked and looked and looked, and the term they found was Kairos. Lord. Master. Supreme Authority, supreme authority, saying God. So, so it's great joy for all people because God saves, because God keeps his promises, but God is also who he declares himself to be. I was reading last night, I saw... Um, this quote, and I didn't write it down, but basically what it, what it said was the reason Herod, you, Herod was the king at the time when Jesus was born. How many of you knew that? How many just learned that for the first time? That's okay, yeah, cool. Herod was the king at the time when Jesus was born, and uh, well, he had a complete conniption when the wise men leaked 
The wise men came looking for Jesus. They came around, got to the king, said, hey, we heard there's a new king in town. And the king said, oh, yeah? Go find him for me. That way I can go worship him. Really what he's trying to do is go kill that baby. You know why? You know why I rubbed King Herod so wrong? And it's something that in cultural Christianity is, is also a problem, is that Herod realized there cannot be two kings in one city, in one place. There can't be two kings in one place. Today, we cannot have many masters. We cannot have multiple kings in our lives as much as you try and war between multiple influences and whose authority you are under. But can I tell you today, Jesus Christ, it's good news that he is the one in supreme authority. He is the one in control, and it is good news that he is who he says he's going to be. I'm going to get ready to close. I'm going to have the band come. And I'm going to give you a chance at the end of this service to do a couple things. To help bring the joy of the Lord to families at Hopkins Elementary by either dropping money in that box or giving online or going and signing up for the rest of those kids. And you can bring it to me by Wednesday. So the rest of the story. Let me go back. has been born today in the city of Bethlehem. Verse 12 says, um, and you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find him a, a baby wrapped, in, wrapped snugly in the strips of cloth. I have a hard time reading this in any other version than the King James Version. Anybody else? I have a really hard time reading this. Uh, lying in a manger. Suddenly an angel, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, angels, the armies of heaven. Okay, so if you weren't completely freaked out at the one angel and the glory of the Lord, now it is an entire army's host of armies has filled the sky and declaring with a shout, glory to God in the highest and on earth, on peace and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. And then, just as quickly as they came, they're gone. And so I'm sure after changing their drawers and whatever else they needed to do, they said, sorry, I work on the filter. They said, hey, let's go see what these angels are talking about. Let's go look. Let's go look. Let's see. Uh, what the Lord is, so they hurried. The Bible says they hurried. They were in a rush and found Mary and Joseph. There was a baby in a manger. Everything that the Lord had said was true. And after seeing him, they told everyone what had happened, what the angel had said. And so everybody was astonished. And we see here that Mary, Mary's pretty introverted. I wish I had time to talk about Mary and maybe some of the things she was thinking. Here she is impregnated but she's never been with a man and this angel had visited her and talked to her and now she thinks she's in Bethlehem for a census and now she's pregnant, she's got a baby but now all these people are, are all of a sudden coming around. I wonder what she was thinking to herself. 
And so the shepherds have left and we get a true picture of joy. Are you ready? Are you ready for the true picture of joy? Let's look. Verse 20. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. This is a true picture of joy. Why? The shepherds had not ceased at being shepherds. Think about this. Think about this. The outcast of society, the people everybody talked about, the dejected, the liar, the one who is just uberly aware of their sinfulness and their falling shores. It's more than just an understanding that they're, they're the bottom rung. They probably feel that. They've had this spectacular announcement. They have found it to be true. The angels have gone. The glory is gone. They've left the manger scene. And they're making the trek back to their fields where it will be the same sheep. It's going to be the same situation. They're still going to be shepherds. They're still going to be outcasts. But their demeanor is much different than when the Lord found them. In fact, the 20 says, the shepherds went back to their flocks glorifying and praising God. The joy of the Lord can have us in the worst of situations and have our heads lifted high saying, glory to God, praise his name. God is who he says he is. He's come to save. My marriage still may look rough, my kids may be unsaved, I may have unreconciled relationships, I may still be sick in body, the world around me may be dark, but praise God, God is who he says he is. This is joy, this is the joy that is available to you when the bank account has run dry, when my body breaks down and leaves me broke. When everyone abandons me, when everybody leaves me at the outskirts and you feel forgotten. Picture the shepherds. Picture the shepherds laying in the fields, watching their flocks in their misery, in their work, in their day-to-day. -day. And imagine the angel proclaiming to you in your office space or at your home where it feels cold or where you, you don't want to be or in the hospital room. The angel would still declare the same message to you today. I bring you good news 
that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. God saves. God keeps his promises. God is who he declares himself to be. Has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him. Hear the word of the Lord today. You know the most, one of the most popular Christmas songs this time of the year as we get ready to close? Joy to the World. Wasn't written about Christmas. I just found this out. We went to a Christmas dinner on Thursday. Wasn't written about Christmas. The writer, Isaac Newton, I believe, right? Huh? Watts, Isaac Watts. I always get, Isaac Newton was the gravity guy. I'm sorry. That's my new kid education. Uh, roll with the blue, rock with the white, whatever it is. Um, when Isaac Watts wrote Joy to the World, he was actually thinking about Psalms 98. Psalms 98 doesn't have to do with his first coming. It has to do with his second coming. So, we, we don't just revel. We don't, we don't just uh, consume ourselves with the joy that Jesus brought in his first advent. We can have current joy that when Christ says, I'm coming again, that when Christ says, I'm coming to make all things right, that we can have joy in the midst of all of our sorrow, all of our pain, every high, every low. We can have joy today, unquenchable, unwavering joy because God is a God who keeps his promises and he has come to save and he is coming again. He is coming again. Praise God, he's coming again. I'm excited for that day. I'm excited for you. I'm excited today that you can claim hold of this joy. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.